Thank you for tuning into A Spirit-Led Life with HMI. We hope you enjoyed today's session with Pastor Dion Hockey. I'm very excited about today's teaching. Last week I was preaching on uh, Paul who, who used to be Saul the Pharisee and how God touched him and changed his life so that he could, he could begin to preach the gospel of the kingdom of God to many people uh, you know, that were lost and dying. And I want to get straight back into this word with you. And I want to continue teaching this wonderful. Uh, and I pray that you'll get a revelation. I pray that the Lord will minister to you something today. As I want to speak on discovering your destiny. Very powerful. But let's, let's just do a little recap on what I spoke last week. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And we're going to read from verse 1. Okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 1. Paul writes, and he says this, And I, brethren, when I came to you, I did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. My speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom. I want to emphasize this persuasive words of human wisdom. He says, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Very important. The, there's a demonstration of the spirit and of power. Now, why is this important? Verse 5, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Hallelujah. So Saul, who was a Pharisee, who hated Christians, who persecuted the church, he has this massive encounter with God, with Jesus in Acts chapter 9. He's riding to the high priest, you know, he's on his horse riding to Damascus to get letters to persecute the church. And Jesus appears to him. The Bible says that a very bright light shone around him, knocks Saul off of his horse. And uh, Jesus speaks to him and says to him, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And suddenly he goes blind, he can't see, and he's, he's blind for three days. A man comes and prays for him, and as he prays for him, he receives his sight. I believe at that point of time, he is born again. He, he can see spiritually and he, he is, uh, you know, his spirit man is renewed through salvation. Not only that, he is water baptized. And then he receives the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And Saul's name is changed from Saul to Paul. So he has become, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17, a new creature in Christ. Isn't that a wonderful uh, promise? The Bible says that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, behold, the new has come. And I want to tell you right now, I firmly believe with all my heart that if you have received Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, if you are born again, you cannot be the same person. You just cannot be the same person. Something inside of you changes. You know, uh, uh, your, your, your outlook on life changes, your lifestyle changes, your speech changes, your thinking changes. Everything changes about you when you truly become born again. 
Remember, I spoke about Nicodemus, who also was a Pharisee. He couldn't understand how Jesus, a Jew, could be used so powerfully by God. He was, he was intrigued because of the signs and the wonders that Jesus was performing. And when he went to Jesus and he said to Jesus, how is it that you can do these things? Jesus said to him, your problem is Nicodemus, you're not born again. You're not saved. And so we need to be born again. We need to be saved to go to heaven, to have a revelation of who Jesus is. And this is what happened to Saul. Saul, who was against Jesus or against Christianity, he was persecuting the church. Now he has a personal encounter with Jesus. Guess what happens? He gets born again. He gets filled with the Holy Spirit. He completely changes. His life goes from, you know, from darkness to light. What a wonderful experience. He's completely changed, completely renewed. So now he goes back to his home church. We're speaking about Saul, who was the, who was the Pharisee, who is now Paul, who now becomes the apostle. Apostle means the sent one. And he now goes back and he begins to teach and speak to the Jewish people. And he says this, he says, For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. In other words, he says, uh, my, verse 4, he says, My speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom. If I could put it practically, he went to the people and he said, Listen, I didn't come here today to tell you about the, the law and about Moses and about the traditions of our fathers. He says, No, I've discovered something far greater, something new. I've discovered Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And that's why he says in verse 3, I mean, I was with you in weakness and fear and in much trembling. Because he knew the moment he would speak about Jesus, his very own life was in danger. But when the people wanted to kill him, when the people wanted to attack him, guess what? He says to them, no, 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 hang on, hang on, hang on. I'll prove to you that what I have discovered is real. I'll show you what I've discovered, how real it is. Look at verse 4. My speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. How do you, how do we as Christians Prove to a world out there that the Jesus we serve is the true living God. According to my knowledge, there are over 2,000 different religions on the earth today. I'm sure there's even more than that now. But can you imagine there are 2,000 different people or, or, or groups who believe in different gods and different whatever religions how do you determine out of all these religions, which is the real one, the true one? Well, it's easy. For me, I can say that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father ex except through Jesus. We preach this. But there's a lot of people who say, I don't believe in Jesus, and I don't believe in, in the things that you do. So how do we bring a demonstration that God is real? I'll tell you how by operating in the supernatural, by operating by the power of God. Hallelujah. I'll never forget there was a time many years ago I was preaching in a church and a Buddhist came in to my meeting. And, I, and you know, he was sitting there. He was a very, very learned man. 
And um, he was sitting there and I was praying for sick people and God was healing sick people. The backs were being healed and deaf ears were being opened and, you know, people were getting saved. And not just that, I was praying for people and then the power of God would come on people and they would fall out under the power of God. As I'm sure many of you have seen and witnessed the supernatural power of God. When God was touching people, you know, and they would go out under the glory of God. And so right at the end of the service, even after I made an altar call, this man just refused to give his heart to Jesus, but he was sick in his body. And so he came up to me and he said to me, I, I want you to heal my back he, because he had a pain in his back. I said to him, sir, I cannot heal you. I don't have that ability to heal you from the pain that you have in your back. I said, but Jesus Christ has the ability and the power to heal you. He said, oh, that's nice. He said, but I just want to tell you, you won't make me fall. And I said, make you fall? He says, yes, I see that when you pray for people, they fall down, you know, and uh, um, you have a very strong mind, he says, and you can, you know, you are, you are making people fall with that power that you have. And I said, <laughs> I said to him, sir, that's not me doing it. That's the power of Jesus. That's the power of God, the Holy Spirit that is coming upon people. Anyway, he said to me, you won't make me fall. He said, I am very strong in my mind and I have a lot of power. I just want you to pray for my back to be healed, but you don't have any power over my mind. I said, that's fine, sir. I said, I tell you what, I'll pray for you and I won't even touch you. I won't even lay my hands. This very Jesus that we serve will come upon you and he will touch you and he will heal you. He said to me, I have read over 200 books on the different religions and I've studied all the religions of the world, he said. And I tell you that there is, no, there is nothing uh, that, you know, there is no religion that I said, sir, you must be very confused with all these books that you've read and everything that you've studied. I tell you, there is one true God and there is one true religion and this is Christianity, Jesus Christ. He is true. He is the Son of God and he is the way to the Father. I was ministering to him. Anyway, he said to me, please just pray for me because I want to, you know, I have this pain. I said, okay, I'm not going to touch you. I'm not even going to look in your eyes in case you think I'm going to hypnotize you. You know, that's how they think, the power of the mind. So I just stood, you know, I closed my eyes. I stretched my hands out to him and I just said, Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus to please touch that. When I said that, the power of God came upon this man, picked him up and he flew through the air. He went down to the ground. He lay stuck on the ground. His eyes were as big as saucers. I looked at him and I said, what's happening? He said, oh, my pain is gone. The pain is gone in my back. I said, why are you on the floor? He says, I don't know, but something got a hold of me and put me on the ground. I said, that's the Jesus that we serve. It is not mind power. It is not hypnosis. It, it is the God, the, uh, you know, Jesus, the son of the living God, the Holy Spirit that is touching you right now. That man got up and got gloriously saved. <laughs> Hallelujah. By the power of God. Amen. And this is what Paul was saying. He said that my speech and my preaching were not uh, persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Demonstration. We are lacking a demonstration. We are lacking the power of God in our churches. And so we need to be able to do this. But you cannot do this, friend, if you don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
Amen. Why do we want to bring a demonstration of the power of God? Well, he says, verse 5, that your faith, your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Now, I want to remind you, there are people that God uses powerfully, honestly. Um, you know, God uses many people. But I want to give you this good news today, that it's not about a man or a church group or an organization, but that you know that this power is available to each and every Christian, that God wants to anoint you, that God wants to use you to be able to operate in the supernatural power. When Jesus said to his disciples, you shall receive power, uh, you know, he went and look at what I'm saying. He spoke to his disciples. The word disciple means to be a follower of Christ. He didn't just say that to his 12 disciples. I know that there are uh, church groups that say, no, this power was only for the disciples back then. And uh, it's not meant for us today. I'm saying that that is wrong. This power is available to every Christian who has received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. How can I say that? Hebrews 13, 8 says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the same God. The word disciple means to be a follower of Christ. How do you become a follower of Christ? Well, I'll ask you a question. Do you believe in Jesus? You do. Do you believe that God raised him from the dead? You do. Hallelujah. Do you believe in the teachings of Jesus? You do. Do you believe in the miracles that Jesus did? You do. Do you believe in, in the power and, the, and, and everything he did? If you believe in that, and if you agree with what I'm saying, then you are a disciple. You qualify. Hallelujah. God did not just give this power to a certain group of people. It is for everybody who believes. And Satan has managed to keep this truth from so many people. That's why Jesus said to us, he said, all of us can receive power. All of us can be used supernaturally by the power of God. Amen. You just got to have to want that. You got to have to desire that. And this is why I'm teaching you today for you and I to be effective witnesses, for you and I to tell the people to show the world that the Jesus we are serving is real. We have to do it with the help of the Holy Spirit. Remember what I've been teaching on that the creation is eagerly waiting for the sons and daughters of God. They are waiting for the revealing of the sons and daughters of God. Uh, amen. If you're getting this, I hope you're receiving something very wonderful. Now, not only do we have the ability to perform signs, wonders, and miracles, but I want to take you deeper. Let's go deeper in the Word of God. We are in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and I'm reading from verse 6. It says, However, we speak wisdom amongst those who are mature, Yet it is not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. Hmm. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. There is so much information that I want to share with you today. He says here, 
Not only are we to bring a demonstration of, of the Holy Spirit and of power. And just by the way, when I'm reading from the New King James and it says there's a demonstration of the Holy Spirit and there's a demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. Did you get that? Some translation says it's the Holy Spirit's power. Now, how do you demonstrate the Holy Spirit? How do you demonstrate the power? A lot of people don't even know that. Somebody came to me one day and said, How do you demonstrate the Holy Spirit? It's easy, like this. Somebody said, What's that? I'm speaking in tongues. What is tongues? It's the Holy Spirit. It is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So I'm proving to you that the Holy Spirit is alive and that He can speak through us. And He can speak not only through us, but He can speak to us and reveal us the great and wonderful things of God. Amen. By laying hands on somebody, praying in the name of Jesus, you can prove the Holy Spirit and the power of God when you see demons being cast out, when you see blind eyes open, and when you see deaf ears open, you can see the power of God in demonstration. Okay. But that's one side. I want to go further. He says, however, we, those who are born again, we speak the wisdom, uh, or we speak wisdom amongst those who are mature. Yet it is not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. So what Paul is writing here, he says that we have the ability to speak a supernatural wisdom. We can speak the wisdom of God. We can speak the deep things of God. Isn't that wonderful? We speak, verse 7, the wisdom of God in a mystery. Wow. So you get human wisdom. Paul says, I'm not coming to you with man's wisdom. There's a lot of people who have man's wisdom, but I can speak the wisdom of God. How many of you would like to speak God's wisdom? Hey, we can do that. It is powerful. It is powerful. He says, we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. What do we speak? The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. I'm going to read it again. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. What do we speak? The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Did you know that God has a plan for your life? Did you know, do you know that God has something wonderfully prepared for you? Do you know that you are not just put on this earth merely to exist, to survive and, you know, go through life and then one day die and not mean anything? No. God has predestined something for your life. God has made something available for you where He can use you to His honor and His glory. How do I know that? Watch this in Jeremiah chapter 1. And I'm going to read verse 4. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 4. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, now, those of you who don't know, here Jeremiah is a boy and God is speaking to him. He's a mere teenager. And God comes and speaks to Jeremiah, this teenager. Look what he says to him. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I sanctified you and I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Are you listening? Before... Jeremiah was even born, God knew about him, and God predestined him to be a prophet to the nations. His destiny was to be a prophet. Are you hearing? Even before he was born, God knew about him. Now listen, 
If God knew about Jeremiah before he was born, what about you and I? You and I have a special calling from God. We have an anointing from God. And so before you were born, before I was born, God knew of us. The Bible says He knows every hair on our head. He knows you by name. He carries you in the palm of His hand. He loves you dearly. God doesn't show favoritism. God doesn't love anybody else more than He loves you. He loves us equally. And if Jeremiah had a calling in his life to be a prophet, don't you think that God has predestined something for your life? Don't you think that He has, some, he has, he has uh, something in store for your life as well? Of course He has. Of course He has. God doesn't want you to stay poor. God doesn't want you to be struggling all your life. God doesn't want you to go through life, you know, barely making it. No, He has predestined you. He's called you to greater things. That's why the born again experience is so important. Do you remember that? I read this in, in Revelation chapter 1 verse 4 a few weeks ago. I read this to you and I told you that, that, that uh, if you've been washed in the blood of the Lamb, if you've, if you've been born again, He has made you a king and a priest. Already there is a revelation that you are not just a nobody, you are a somebody. You used to be a nobody before you knew Jesus, but now that you know Jesus, you have receive promotion from, from being lost to becoming a king and a priest. And not only that, to be an effective leader, but you are also called to do great things for God. And to be able to do the great things of God, He has given His Holy Spirit to anoint us, to help us, and to, be, uh, to enable us. Are you getting this? But you cannot be used of God and you cannot experience the great things of God if you are not born again and saved. You have to be born again and saved, number one, to go to heaven, but number two, to begin to hear God's voice, to begin to recognize and perceive and understand the calling and the destiny that He has planned for you. Now, Paul writes here and he says the following, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, he gives us this wonderful, wonderful promise. He says to us in verse 7, However, we speak wisdom amongst those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor, the, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Think about that. You have the ability to speak the wisdom of God. The things that have been hidden away, you have the ability to receive that revelation. You have the ability to find the wonderful things of God. You can speak the wisdom of God in the mystery. Now again, my time is running out and I'll have to just continue teaching on the subject. But the first thing is, how do you speak the wisdom of God in a mystery? How do you speak the wisdom of God, first of all? How do we do this? Well, go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 1. It says this, Pursue love, desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Verse 2, are you ready? Watch. He who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. <laughs> Hallelujah. In the Spirit, 
You speak mysteries. How do I speak in the Spirit? By speaking in tongues. Where did I get the speaking in tongues from? When I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Are you following me? Uh, when I received the baptism, I received the nine gifts of the Spirit. I'll teach on that at another time. But one of these gifts is to speak in other tongues. Now look what he says. He who speaks in a tongue, are you listening? He who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. Did you know that there are over 6,000 different dialects or tongues on the earth today? Over 6,000 different languages. But there is a language that you and I can speak that nobody on the face of this, this earth can understand except God. There is a language. The Bible says, listen, he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men. So this tongue is not for those 6,000 different languages that is on the earth. He says, but he speaks to God. He speaks to God. So God has given us through the baptism of the Holy, Holy Spirit, this privilege of speaking in other tongues. What are we speaking? Mysteries. We are speaking mysteries. We are speaking divine secrets. We are speaking the plans and the purposes and the destinies that God has predestined for us, you know, before we were even born. Friend, I want to encourage you today that by the power of God, when you get born again, listen, or every human being on this earth, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Every human being has a call, a destiny, a plan from God. Okay. Now, to be able to understand this plan and this destiny, you must be born again. What does the born again experience do? It, it opens up the ability for us to, to communicate with God, to hear from God, to experience God. All right, it's not just to go to heaven, which is great. We're going to go to heaven and spend eternity with him. But we're not in heaven yet. We're here on the earth. And while we're on the earth, we are walking a walk with God. And this walk we walk with God enables us to draw closer to him, but also empowers us to bring other people to God. Amen. You need to draw people to God so that they too can begin to discover their purpose and the call in God. I don't have the time to continue teaching on all of this. But if you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, and you would like to give your heart to Jesus, then I would love to pray with you so that you can invite Jesus into your life so that you can get saved. Amen. So that you can begin to discover your destiny. So if you've never prayed the prayer and you've never asked him, pray this with me right now. Say, Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Wash me in your blood. I confess with my mouth Jesus Christ. And I believe he is the Son of God, that God raised him from the dead. Jesus, come into my heart. Save me today, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you so much. And if you've prayed this prayer with us, know that God Almighty lives inside of you and that He carries His destiny, His plan for you. You are pregnant with His glory. I'll continue next week. God bless you. You can make a difference by partnering with us, a ministry with a heart for the lost, by visiting our website, www.dionhockey.org. You will also receive exclusive content from the ministry as a thank you from Pastor Dion Hockey. 
Remember to subscribe and follow our social media pages for updates, sermons, and more information on the ministry. Thank you for listening and see you next time.